Hello and welcome back to the Grand Slam Tennis Podcast. The tennis podcast for amateur players by amateur players. As confirmed by James Fever the other week. As confirmed by James Fever the other week. Forever to remain amateur players. Um, We're not bitter about that at all. No, it's it's certainly not with yourself, obviously. Um, (laughs) But uh, you join us live as we're watching uh, the last, hopefully the last couple of games of the Sitsipas Vavrinka absolute five-hour slugfest. I'm not sure I could take much more. Um, we're, we're on we're on four hours fifty on the clock at the moment, and Stan Wawrinka is serving to uh, to sort of stay in it at five all. Um, it's juice. He's just saved an epic break point in which it ended with Sitsipas dive volleying into the net, and then he's double faults it all. Stan, what are you doing? Big Stan. But as we're watching this and recording the podcast, um, I've decided this week that we'd we'd pair a tennis tournament with some wine. Um, and so clay court season underway. We're in the French Open. It's hot. It's been a belter of a weekend. So I've gone with a a nice light red uh, Beaujolais from from France. So fits in well with the French Open. Nice light summery red. Well, speaking of which, I am running slightly low, Bob's here. Well, that's yeah, absolutely fine. We can, we can arrange for that to take place. You're that's... never a stingy host, but I am a little bit lower than I'd like to be, you know, at this point. So, um, especially watching watching this tennis, I need all the sustenance I can get as as Sitsipas goes wide with a forehand again. Oh, we're back to juice. I, I we appreciate we we genuinely couldn't start this podcast any later. We wanted to be. Um, uh, recording following the match, but it's kind of it's gone on and on and on, and it it's so close. Well, I think you're slightly disappointed because the next match on is your favourite man, oh. Benoit Pair. Well, and well, it's been delayed because this match has gone on so long. I'm going to profile that in the next in the you know as, as the uh, as the the broadcast goes on. But uh, Benoit Pair is genuinely one of my favourite tennis players that I've ever watched live, and I'm really looking forward to doing a little bit of a profile on uh, him versus Nishikori, which is actually a repeat of a match I watched last year live at Roland Garros. One of my all-time favourite tennis memories, um, and I'll, I'll give a bit of background on, on why that is and why that match is actually so special uh, to me in my, in my kind of... Uh, uh, in that summary, so so let's not let's not spoil. Well, that. we won't spoil that now. And uh, obviously, you know, ahead. it's 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 the middle weekend of the French Open, so the main theme of this episode is going to be a bit of a review of of, of week one of the French Open. Yeah, we but know before we, we but before we dive into that, um, there's been a bit of a bit of a tremor, a bit of a news news quake in the uh, in the world of doubles and contrary a news con- quake. Yeah, it's a new word. I've is just that a new thing? Up. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, oh, what's happening? It? The umpire's it's... off his chair. Hang on, is it in? Is it out? Away? Oh, not given. Literally, the umpire nearly got taken out by the ball there as he hopped off his chair. Electric umpiring, which is what you want to see at the <laughs> highest level. <laughs> he genuinely just leaped out of his chair here. That's phenomenal stuff. Well away, well away. But uh... <laughs> sorry, Bob. No, you're interrupting me mid-flow, but no, that's you, fine. You were saying but, there's been a bit of a so news bit, quake. A bit of a news quake, and and contrary to local rumours, it's not the split of ultimate doubles pairing Rob Haynes and Ricky Boardman. It's actually the split that Jamie Murray has announced he's splitting from um, his partner of three years, Bruno Suarez. Not that we have split, but if we were to. Do you think those two would be competing headlines? 
It, 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 yeah, I think possibly in the Ealing Lawn Tennis Club Gazette. Yeah, that, that could be <laughs> a circulation of about twelve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. Was it seven hundred eight hundred members? So it's not too bad. But um, but the Murray Suarez split's pretty pretty big news. And, it is. And, yeah. and from what we've from what we've read, it's 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 all very amicable. Um, they're still great mates on tour. Um, it's just Jamie Murray wanted a new challenge. But, but if you look at their stats over three years, two Grand Slam wins. 10 ATP wins, tour wins, and uh, another nine ATP finals. I mean, that's quite something because they were the number one doubles pair for a, for a uh, short period. They were, and you know, as we've uh, as we've discussed with uh, Dan Evans' comments as to the, I, I suppose the the kind of how important doubles victories are and how where they where doubles players sort of sit within the the tennis world well, Jamie uh, Murray has think, six grand slams think, to his name I think we've, well we've been quite clear in, in kind of coming on the line of actually no this is this is really important um, it's what the majority of kind of uh, competitive tennis at least an inter-club level is played at um, you know in Britain at least and and that's why partly why it's important one thing I would say is that it seems amicable from Jamie Murray's point of view, but we only seem to have had Jamie, Jamie Murray's, Murray's side release, of it. Yeah, yeah. And of course, it does seem to be that he's the one who's sort of, in, it. yeah, sort of instigated it, and therefore, from his point of view, it probably is very amicable. Um, I'd be interested to know what Bruno Suarez's take on the yeah. whole thing is. Um, you know, I, I think that well, we have a little bit of a parallel because. Rather than <laughs> this is I just wonder whether this was going to get. It's going to come up because whilst whilst I wouldn't say that uh, I have been I've been dropped by you in terms of a doubles partner, you've had the opportunity for us to play together, and you've you've decided that we we shouldn't play together any longer for for the good of the men's sixth team, which well, only for one match so far. But but I mean, as I as it stands, I have been I've been cast aside. Well, no, but you know, well, you see, I've actually I dropped myself from second pair to third pair. Well, that's true, but but it's your call, right? You you decide. You're the captain. You decide which. That's true. Which uh, players play with which, and you decided for the greater good, or at whatever else, however else you might want to justify it, that you didn't want to play with me. Well, there is that. Yeah, I'm but, very, but, 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 very upset. But, well, the worst thing for me is that I, I, I dropped myself from that partnership and you picked up eight points with Cam, so... Yeah, I mean, we didn't concede a set. We were, you know, Cam, Cam uh, you know, late, the, the good listeners won't know who Cameron is, but is a fantastic tennis player at the level. And, and to be honest, I was very lucky to partner him. So the eight uh, points, four sets doesn't, doesn't really... Uh, Reflect just, on justi- my tennis. Justify <laughs> justifies a tactical decision made made at leadership oh, level. Oh, well done, my captain, my captain. <laughs> <laughs> How did you go on at third pair, by the way? Oh, we we got we snuck two sets in out of four. So oh, that's. I mean, having dropped yourself down, you'd have thought you'd have done better than that. Well, yeah. You blaming yourself, taking responsibility, or? <laughs> well, I was going to blame myself, but I fear I fear another story coming. <laughs> I won't drag that one out of you. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair. But we've had a few other news stories from the week, aside from Ealing Men's Sixth Team, which I'm sure the, the listeners are fascinated to learn about. Yeah. Uh, but there's been a few other stories. This one, I think, is a really interesting one around uh, the news conference that happened today. Do you want to, or it happened yesterday, didn't it? And, uh, uh, do you, yeah, want, do you want to fill the, fill the good news? Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a, a bizarre situation. So Dominic Team um, 
won his match, um, embarrassingly, I can't remember actually who against, despite it only taking place yesterday. Um, but it, he was in the middle of his press conference and Serena Williams was then due for the press conference following her match. Hmm. Um, which she lost. Which she did lose. We'll go into that a, a, a bit later. But uh, she she decided that she couldn't possibly wait for Dominic Team to finish his press conference, so she kicked him out of the press room, uh, and 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 took over and 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 did her press conference. And Dominic Team was somewhat gobsmacked by the whole the whole thing and I think there's a lot of you can see the, some of the video clips where there's a lot of confusion with all the reporters as to like is this actually happening or, or like are you serious is, you know is this, well that's is what happened? he said he said is this a joke like is this serious you know, is this he, for real how, had his press conference overrun or was this no, no, to my, happened to to my knowledge no I think I think the timing of Serena coming off court she wanted to go straight in straight into the press conference and uh, and, and Dominic teams hadn't finished. Well, I mean, when you take the happenings of not just sort of, I suppose, of, of, of Serena's career, um, she is a serial winner and has been a fantastic... I, I am Team Serena. I, I, I'm a massive fan of Serena Williams. But even as a fan of Serena Williams, I would probably concede that she is not the greatest loser of yeah. all time, and you know, I think if you want a recent example, then the <laughs> Osaka, the yeah. Osaka incident um, at the U.S. Open probably is certainly kind of the the most recent or high yeah, profile yeah, iteration yeah. of that. But there's there's probably others that we could draw on uh, further down the line. There's there's others at the U.S. Open where she shouted at a, a line judge for foot faulting her, and and various other different bits and bobs. So not the greatest loser. The one thing I would say is that, to, to offer a counterpoint, is that Serena, the men's game, the men's tennis game, is probably, uh, you know, culturally and in terms of awareness, and I think even for us on this podcast, we pay more attention, I would say, to the, the men's game, and it's something that we're conscious of, um, giving trying to give equal time to both. Um, but but it's something that kind of naturally seems to happen because they attract bigger headlines and and it just sort of something that that kind of happens as you as you get swept along with the journalistic flow of stories that come out yeah. and everything else and we're we're not embedded in the tour we don't get interviews with these top players so we're we're sort of subject to that as well um, and and I you know she is by far the games the female games biggest product she's probably a higher profile player than the vast majority of the men outside of the top two uh, or top three, Federer, Nadal, Djokovic. Yeah. After those three, and maybe even on a par with some of those three, she's, she's next uh, in line in terms of the whole game globally, men, women, whatever. Mm-hmm. And perhaps it's about, if you were taking a feminist perspective on this, you might go, perhaps it's about time that a man darn well got out of the way of a woman doing in a press conference. And what I don't know at this phase, and perhaps... Um, it, we were just discussing it before we came, started recording, um, and came to came to kind of come to this recording. It would be interesting to know how frequently that happens to women who are perhaps of a lower profile, and a man a man's gone out on, yeah. on you know a grand slam on a big phase, and actually says, you know what, I'm not waiting about you know this this, and because the woman perhaps is of a lower profile, that doesn't get reported. 
Um, so I don't know if that's the case, and that would be my counter argument: is that perhaps actually she's just acted in line with people of a pl- sorry in line with the 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 kind of behaviour of a player of her profile demands, and actually she's kind of exercising that and going doesn't matter if I'm a man or a woman I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm I've seen Djokovic do this I've seen all these other players doing this I'm now gonna do it and the only reason it's a headline is because she's kicking off a man with some profile rather than a woman who has little profile well yeah I mean that's quite a, quite an interesting like interesting look at it um as, as to and, and and until we you know, Perhaps we can to, do a little bit of digging. And well, yeah, and, and, until it comes to light as to the circumstances, you know, whether it was Dominic Team had overran, um, and 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 um, Williams was was waiting around and got got fed up away. Whatever the reasons, you know, we don't have all the answers. We can only speculate. But it's yeah, it's an interesting, interesting I think, point. I think it's a point that that it comes to light that the men and the women are are becoming. There is, a, you know, there is an obvious kind of movement socially in the Western world to try and get uh, men and women sports as a whole on a par. Um, you know, trying to give them equal exposure, equal marketing, equal everything else, and, and that's great. And that, that's, uh, you know, at least in my opinion, is as it should be. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think very, I think very few people would disagree with that. I think um, that in light of such things. I would reserve judgment on Serena until I'm aware of how frequently this happens. If yeah. this doesn't happen, and, you know, I, we, me and you, we both have connections into the tennis world. Um, you know, hopefully we're going to leverage those into interviews in the coming months and, and various other different things. And we do get here kind of hearsay and rumour about different players. From what I hear, there are some players who are a nightmare from a press relations point of view. Oh, and there sure are others are. who are very accommodating. Yeah. And I would suspect that Serena would be on the more demanding side <laughs> rather than the accommodating side. Very, very politely put. But I would expect also that there are not a shortage of men who are equally demanding. So I've made the point and you know, I think it'd be interesting to know as, as time goes on over the next uh, few months as to, you know, how out of line was she acting um, mm. and everything else. Look, she doesn't play many tennis tournaments these days, Serena. She plays the majors and she plays some of some of the smaller ATPs as a, a preparation. You know, she this is her be-all and end-all. And let's face it, she understands, like, from a social media point of view, from a marketing point of view, her value as a brand... Uh, you know she is extremely aware of it and is brilliant at exploiting it um, and I don't, I don't, when I say exploiting I don't mean that in any negative sense I mean in the way that any person who has a commodity exploits you know the value of that commodity and she you know she's been a tremendously a tremendously successful and brilliant advocate for women's uh, tennis and and kind of beyond that as well and she's part of that black strong female movement as well you know you kind of put her in a, a bracket in terms of role models of Michelle Obama and and some of the kind of female actresses that have come along in recent years as just strong women advocates as well as being of kind of African heritage and I just yeah I'm, I'm very reticent to kind of cast her in a negative light without knowing the full details I think yeah. that's 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 where I'm kind of coming from. Got serious there, didn't it? It did bit. get a little bit serious. It I'm just going to bring it back to Sitsipas is is serving to stay in it at six seven in the fifth. 
So this is this really is an absolute slugfest Slug. of two players who oh. hit big. He, uh, Sitsipas is Except just... Except he's literally, as I said that, hit the most delicate little drop shot into the middle well, of the but, court. But no, uh, but that... The nice little slice away. It was... But Lovely that's, touch. That's off the back of Stan hammering a backhand up the line, and Sitzbass is just so shown. I mean, it's the sort of touch that is required when preparing a Pitagiros. It is absolutely magnificent. He has, he has, you know, absolutely perfected that. Um, you were saying earlier that Stan Vavrinka had a, 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 a forehand during this uh, match recorded at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we were watching it a, a bit earlier. We we played a bit of tennis this morning and then watched a little bit at the, the club this afternoon. You did deign to have me partner you that bit. I, I did, yeah. I did that allow it on that, that, yeah, on that occasion. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, you hear of ser- obviously lots of men's serves are in excess of 100 miles an hour, but you don't often hear ground strokes at 100 miles an hour. And this is and what I've been trying to tell you about Sam Vavrinka. He is a red line merchant. Like, he lives on the edge and that's what's so exciting about him to watch. Uh, you know, he's one of my favourite tennis players. And actually, this is a game of two guys who are superb tennis players, kind of opposite ends of their career, but I love watching both of them. Sitsipas yeah. uh, just more and more resembles a Greek god. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at the state of him. He is, he, like, ugh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, what a man. I'm, I'm a little bit in love. With <laughs> kind of, because you don't really associate Greeks with kind of that blonde hair that he's got, and and it kind of brings to mind a little bit of Alexander the Great. Like he used to kind of wash his hair with saffron. He's he's norm, normally more associated with being kind of strawberry blonde. So maybe not maybe not Greek. And I'm, I've no idea if Sitsipas uh, is anywhere from anywhere near Macedonia. But there is a little bit of kind of like you look at the the busts of Alexander the Great and it's not a million miles away, like with the curls and uh, and everything else. You could see him at the age of sort of 25 weeping because there are no more worlds to conquer. Yeah. And also suddenly we've just lost a lot of listeners because they thought this was a tennis podcast and it's just turned into a history podcast. Rob, we, 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 <laughs> we barely discuss tennis, but we like to bring all facets of, uh, <laughs> of kind of global culture um, together. Shall we press on? I was going to say, should we, should, we, should we move on? Well, I mean, we're 18 minutes in and we've got through item 0.5 of the agenda. Yeah, it's kind of the usual story, really. Well, I suppose it is. Um, but yeah, as we said, you know, this is... Um, we're we're halfway through the French Open, so you know we thought we'd have a bit of a run through and round up some of the the, the big results and the the big shocks um, in in week one so far. Um, so I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna kick off actually with the with the sort of women's yeah, tour. Yeah, go for it. Um, and there's been some there's been some some good results actually. I mean, there's been some shocks. I mean, in the first first round, you got Svitlina. Um, Beat Will, uh, Venus Williams. Yeah. Uh, in the first round, three and three, pretty comfortable. And Venus didn't storm out of a press conference. No, so. she, she didn't. She's she's At most least not was reported. Well, that's quite right. Yeah. Um, then you, uh, my one of my profiles in the previous episode, Maria Sakari, the the Greek female. She she won her first round um, against uh, Tatishvili. Uh, six loves six one, so that's that's cruising territory. That um, Bouchard uh, went out in the first round to Serenko. Um, Ostapenko, we mentioned her. She's won French Open two years ago. She's she went out in round one against Victoria Azarenka. I mean, in some ways, that's not a massive shock because Azarenka, as we know, is 
quality player. And Nastapenko, you know, still very young, only 20-odd years old, even with a Grand Slam to her name. Um, and then the other result that, that wouldn't necessarily have sparked too much uh, excitement was round one win for Lauren Davis over Pliskova. Um, but of course, Pliskova. Will you correct me well, on I, one of these? Well, no, that's fair. I correct you on enough names, so it's probably about time you corrected me on on one of mine. Um, and then, yeah, Laura Davis then um, played Conta in the second round, and slightly annoyingly, she's upset my storyline. She's put a plot twist in my storyline uh, and the recurring theme of Conta being a choker. Because um, Conta won the first set six uh, three, um, and then lost the second set to the Lauren Davis six uh, one. Now I watched actually quite a bit of this match, and I I just I sort of thought here we go. I've, I'm right so, so class, far. Classic Conta spiral. Classic classic Conta, uh, and and actually uh, she she rallied and and took that final set six three and 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 beat Lauren Davis who. Is someone I'd never heard of, but she's a former world number twenty-six, um, and through injuries and whatnot, she's she's now at about ninety-five in the rankings at the moment, ninety-five, ninety-six, something like that. Uh, only five foot one, but packs a punch. Um, very good, very good little player. <laughs> classic, classic line when describing a small player. <laughs> packs a punch. Um, and then other 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 in in round two you got Osaka beat Azarenka so that's um, you you probably on form expect that um, Serena Williams in round three as we know lost to unseeded Kenin Kenna Kenin whoever whoever she is let's call the whole thing off um, and then Osaka got beaten as well um, by Siniakova. Um, so there's been a few shocks. Well, I mean, Nostrabans has, uh, has come up there. He said well, he didn't think he didn't think Osaka had the game to compete at the French. You know, well, he, he said she would make it through week one, and so Nostrabansmus is correct with his prediction. He is, isn't he? I think one that that's two from two so far. Yeah, I mean, very good. I mean, if you're looking to bet on this sort of stuff, then you you know you can follow. Uh, you can follow Nostra Barnes' uh, predictions at our kind of Twitter page, which is Rob. So our Twitter handle, we're the, the Grand Slam Pod. Um, uh, so you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and also drop us an email if you've got any of your predictions, uh, any thoughts and comments on what we've talked about already, uh, the Grand Slam Pod at gmail.com. So, you know, we, we would love to hear from you guys and get your views. <laughs> And as we now know, we have a global audience. We do. Um, with all sorts of different... I can't believe that they're particularly interested in hearing about the uh, Ealing men's sixth team matches. But, you know, if you're enjoying those segments or if you'd like to hear a little bit more about a little bit of something else, then please let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. One that I thought was worth um, picking up on there, and we discussed it as part of our Next Gen Origins episode part two mm. uh, that we released I think last week um, yeah. which is around Ostapenko mm. and the fact that she'd kind of a little bit fallen away and that we hadn't really heard from her and the fact is that she's not a clay court player uh, sorry not a hard court player which obviously doesn't help if you're if you're not she's fine on grass and she's fine on clay but she's not a hard court player and what that means is that the way that the ratings work and the way that the kind of tournaments are structured, the swing, the different stru- swings are structured, means that she kind of falls off the radar for a significant 
portion well, of time for half the year throughout, throughout the season yeah throughout, well, and more than that really when you consider that kind of the indoor stuff that's played out through the winter mm-hmm. is also like hard court fast court uh, tennis and she's she's not there so for her to beat Azarenka no, to lose to Azarenka in the first round Ostapenko lost to Azarenka yeah. Because because she was probably either a low seed or even possibly unseeded, and I think that's the point you were. So sort of sorry, yes, I got confused. Yes, uh, so for the, her to you've lose got a, a Grand Slam winner who ends up low in the rankings because mm. of the timings and the way the tournaments work. But for her to, I think that probably plays into your analysis of her early doors is that she need she needs to kind of reemerge now. Yeah, and and it's a kind of another failure, I suppose. Well, yeah, I say, I say for her, uh, yeah, going out in the first round is second time in a year. Is sorry, second time, you know, in the space of twelve months is is, is not is not good for someone who's who's won a Grand Slam and and that same Grand Slam and and that yeah exactly the French Open. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's pretty make or break when you've only re- when you've got one specialist surface that you you know is your surface, and if she can't make it work next year. And she doesn't do anything on the hard or on the on the grass, then you're all of a sudden going well. You know, is she as as you described her very early on in in the year? Uh, you know, if, I think in our first episode, a flash in the pan kind of person who's who's never going to reemerge on our kind of on our radar. Maybe maybe that's yeah. where she'll end up. Um, should, have you finished with the women? Or have you got yeah, a, well, so, yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I thought we've got the sort of round of sixteen. Um, but let's have a round up of the, of the men's so, group so really quickly because I, I do appreciate that we've nattered on a little bit during this episode um, so first round uh, Shapopolov out you know he failed to live up got cut the curse of the next gen origin uh, thing again same with Ostapenka uh, lost to Strupp who is playing uh, Djokovic in the uh, round of 16 um, so he's, he's doing well Strupp and it's not, not a massive defeat but you know, uh, Shapopolov, we profiled him in our next gen origins, yeah. and lo and behold, he's out. So, um, <laughs> so our prediction's going well so, so far. So, maybe we should ask uh, Nostra Barnes as to uh, who, we should, should, who we should profile who next. Who we should profile next. Um, Kyle Edmund wanted to profile that. Watch this in the office. I insisted on it being put up on the big screen. Uh, British tennis player uh, in the fifth set against uh, Jeremy Sherdy. Um, we're a, we're fairly a long way through this Beaujolais here, so I thought I'd, uh, thought <laughs> I'd an accent have also. a crack at the accent. Uh, brilliant win, uh, really good win. Sadly, you know, couldn't back it up in, in following rounds, but um, really, really good win and a good sign for for Kyle. You know, we all know that the clay is not really his surface. Uh, really excited to see him playing on the hardcore swings again um, in the next few weeks. Well, actually, and the, he and looks the, in good the, form and the grass actually, you know. Kyle Evan going into the grass. I mean, but I think even Kyle would say that grass isn't his forte. The grass season, as we know, is incredibly short. I think sort of four weeks max, really, and then we're into the hardcore. And mm. I, you know, I think, yeah, as you say, maybe a nice little run at Wimbledon, and then you'd love to see him have a real push at the US, um, backing up a few of the hardcores uh, that will pre that will be the prelims for for the US. So so that would be that would be good. Uh, round of seconds. I've just picked out a couple of mats. Dimitrov versus Chilich. No surprise to see Dimitrov out. Oh, bit of debate over a line call here. Oh yeah, this yeah. this is incredible. So oh, uh, is he called that in? He's called that in. So this Sitsipas is match point. Sitsipas immediately called that out, and that's match. He has that's l- match point. So so to give you some context here, um, oh, is Vavrinka is 
outside of the line of the post, about two metres back from the baseline, on his backhand, and he sliced one um, above the height of the net, but effectively wrapped over the top of the corner of the post, or, sorry, over the top of the post, and landed it about 50% of the ball, I would, I would guess, has, has caught the line. Sitsabas has caught it out. I mean, he immediately, he was convinced he circled a ball mark uh, and, uh, and was convinced it was out. The umpire's come down. And the umpire's overruled. The umpire's come down off his chair, caught it in, and that's game set and match 8-6 eight, six eight, six in, the, in the last to Stamford Vrinka. I love Stamford Vrinka because, as I said, he can cause damage to every single player on the tour and uh, you know I think he's he's a great tennis player mm. uh, to watch so exciting and can he do it can he do it again can he make another Whoa, little upset that'd be good to see good um, round of 16 uh, I think Struff beats uh, Korich in 5 so again just to follow the Struff story there he's beating Shapopolov and then beating Korich well Korich he seems, Korich seems to be concentrating more on putting his dog on Instagram than tennis at the moment but I mean, he's, he's a, a quali- cute dog he's a cute dog and he is a quality tennis player and he's again one of these new uh, up and coming youngsters um, but you know you, you, maybe you sort of think yourself actually a bit less in, be, bit less Instagram and a bit more tennis mate and you uh, might get a result but well, maybe that's harsh <laughs> well to follow up on, on so um, round of 16 uh, Fognini beat Felix Auger-Aliazim um, which is another another uh, next gen star that we profile going out in the first week so good signs again for yeah us. but we're, we're well I, I, we're a big fan of Fognini I, I, you are you are I, especially I, I, you I like, like the fire. I like I, I like the uh, I like the maverick spicy meatball. Yeah, Fognini. I mean, I, I'm upset because I'm a big, big, big fan of Aliazim, and I think he is. He's got multiple Grand Slams in him, and he seems he's quality. He's got the maturity, but I'm never going to begrudge Fognini a win. Well, then, <laughs> then the other the other round the other game I picked out and that was uh, Zverev um, beating uh, Lavic in five, having been two sets uh, to love up. I mean, we talked about uh, Asher's Vera being the next, you know, big thing on the tennis court, along with Dominic Team, as James Fever pointed out. Um, you know, disappointing to see him kind of struggling so close, uh, so early on. And I hope, you know, really, we've got a quarterfinal to preview against him and I, I, with him, and I hope he, he kind of picks up. Um then the other ones I want to pick out in the quarterfinals. Shall I go into the quarterfinals straight away, or do you want to go well, to the ladies? Well, well, yeah, we can have a look at the last. 16. Let's do the ladies. Because we've actually got with the last sixteen, we've we've now switched courts, so we've now got um, Sloane Stevens, who's one set up against uh, Gabby and Mergeruther uh, in the round of sixteen. So, so you've been working on that. I've been practicing that accent quietly um, off mic. Well, not that quietly. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we've 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 got some of the last sixteen underway. Uh, so so Conta beat Vekic. Um, how do you feel about? How are you conflicted about Conta? I am. Are you I'm upset just, about her contradicting your? Oh, uh, you see what you've done there. <laughs> very good. Very good. I mean, it does upset my storyline, my recurring theme. But as a British um, tennis fan. But as a as a British tennis fan, you know, yes, I would. I you know, I want British tennis to succeed, and and so seeing her go far in these kind of tournaments is is only a good thing. Um, other results so far, uh, Martic beat Kanepi uh, in three, and Vondrusova beat Sivastova, 6-2, 6-love. 
Um, and then other matches coming up, you've got um, Sinyakova versus Madison Keys tomorrow with an Halep versus Sviatek. Um, and Kenin, who's the unseeded player that took out Serena Williams, has got Ashley Barty tomorrow, so that's going to be a tough one for so her. If, if she can do two in a row, then good for her. Um, but that's going to be a tough ask to, to beat Ashley Barty. I think the tie of the round is probably the one we're watching now, Stevens Mavaruta. I mean, yeah, I think this is this is the the biggest where you got two big names. names. The, the the rest there's some big names, but they're not necessarily playing big names. This is this is this is actually probably the the. And who do you see winning this? We've been watching this for about ten minutes now. Well, I've not watched much of it so far. I mean, we know we know Margaretha's, um form on 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 clay is good. She's big, aggressive, and strong. But Sloane Stevens is another aggressive, uh, you know, take the game to you kind of player. Um, I mean, about time we saw Sloane Stevens kind of stepping up a little bit more, yeah. being more consistent. I mean, Muguruza is the world number one. All the rest of it, I you know maybe. Maybe it's time for... I appreciate this is perhaps not the one to judge you on. But are you a little bit light there, Rob? Are you going to yeah, top yourself up with I a am, bit more wine? I am a touch light, so I do need a little uh, a little top-up. A little, a little glug. There we go. Um, but Muguruza, for me, she she has such a good temperament on court. And when, it, when, it, when it's right, it's right. Sometimes she's blown up a few times and... And it's been frustrating to watch, but but I think on the whole, she sustained in probably one of the most competitive eras of women's tennis. In terms open of, eras of women's tennis. I mean, the number of different sort yes, of tournament winners exactly. is, is amazing, and so to keep that kind of consistency and to be number one for such a long time is impressive. Yeah, it is. So so that's what I was trying to say, and so I, I'm quite a big fan of Muguruza. I like I like her, um, you know, her content on social media is good as well. You know, interesting to follow. Uh, mainly like tennis drills and interesting bits and bobs like that if you're a proper tennis nerd um, I think before you know I'm conscious of the time we're already 30 odd minutes into this recording so um, you know but I, I'm keen to profile the round of 16 because yeah. it is mouth-watering it is an unbelievable set of prospects so let's let's get the, the obvious stuff out of the way first Nadal and Federer through Snore off, who cares? <laughs> you know, at, the, at this stage, I mean, I've never had the privilege of watching Nadal play live, and everybody who has had that privilege tells me how ridiculous it is to watch um, when when he hits the ball. I've seen Federer play a few times, um, not in hugely competitive matches, but you know, he, he, the way he moves is balletic, and I'm not going to tell you anything new that you didn't already know about Federer uh, or Nadal. But let's just run through this little lineup that we've got here. So we've had uh, Ravrinka sits a pass, which went to five sets, eight six in in the fifth, and Ravrinka's and faded one onto the outside of a line. Hashtag slugfest. Slugfest. I mean, uh, sits a pass is is the new Alexander the Great. He is. <laughs> he just needs to start washing his hair in saffron, and uh, <laughs> he'll be away. Um, but okay, let, let's let's go. Let's run through this. Fognini Zverev. Oh, Rob, who are you picking? What a tantalising match that is. I mean, I I would love Fognini to win, but I'm, I'm going Zverev. So Fognini lost uh, lost to Tsitsipas in Rome. Zverev played Geneva, interestingly enough, having lost uh, the first round in, in Madrid. Um, 
Yeah, he beat Gulbis, Delbonis and Jari on his way to winning that. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, really interesting little little kind of side, but you know, he's highly rated by everybody I seem to yeah. talk to in tennis. And, you know, he's another one who, who's really on the way to being consistently challenging in well, semi-finals. Three or four, the number three or four in the world at the moment. Of course, but, but I mean, outside of the top three or four, we've not seen consistent semi-finalists. No, true. Consistent but, guys. Yeah. Uh, this one. Bearing in mind what James Fever, um, who knows a hell of a lot more about tennis than, than both of us said, uh, team, um, you know, he's a tip for winning the match. Versus Monfils. Le Monf. Le Monf. Uh, La Chaine de Monf. He, yeah, that's going to be a great match. And I, I think on that one, team is going to be more consistent. I mean, I watched... Um, Monfils, I yet watched, to drop a set. Well, I watched Monfils' opening match against the Japanese guy, um, Taro Daniel. Yes. Um, not a very Japanese name. No, not a very Japanese name. And, I mean, I mean bless him, he, he just got nowhere. I mean, Monfils was just on fire, you know... Double-handed, swinging, in the mid-air, backhands. One of the most spectacular um, players I've ever watched live. Unbelievable but to I, watch But I've, he, yeah, he, he's awesome. Um, and he's super talented. Uh, but has he, has he got what it takes to beat team? I don't think so. I think team's going to be so, more so, solid and so, put more pressure on. So long-term into the tournament, team lost to Djokovic um, in Madrid. He won Barcelona. As, as we've already kind of covered. Do you see him going one better in this? Or do you see team. him falling... Yeah. Do you see him falling short? No, I don't see him falling short. I mean... You think he's going to win the whole thing? Oh, no. Well, no, sorry. I, I, it'll be tough because, I mean... You know, if he gets into a final with... I mean, we see we, he's beaten Federer in a final already on the hard court. Yeah. Um, would he beat Nadal on the clay? Probably not. But he has. He, he beat him at Barcelona, didn't he? Oh, of course he did. Yeah, but this is this is this is the this big is, one. This is Rafa's house, man. This it is, is Rafa's house. This is Rafa's house. I, Le I, maison, Le I, maison yeah. de Rafa. Um, this wine's good, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, suddenly started speaking French. Well, talking to people who've lost to Djokovic, Del Potro lost to Novak in Rome as well. Had five sets in his first round versus uh, Nishioka. Uh, you know, not traditionally someone that we'd associate with clay court tennis. Del Pot, he's playing Kachinov, who AK. is yeah the AK. He is he's a, a, talent. a gorgeous man. <laughs> he's a talent as well. He is seriously talented. Lost to Vadasco, bless him, in both Rome and Madrid. So um, potentially an Achilles heel against Vadasco, but I, I've seen him play live. He is tremendously exciting to watch live. Yeah. Fantastic baseline player. Love him to pieces. But you know, on this one, I love Del Pot and he's experienced, but I, I'm, I'm going Kachanov to win that. You're going Kachanov to win that? I'm going Kachanov, yeah. And then the last one is Djokovic. Struff. Struff. Yeah, so Djokovic, Djokovic lost, to, lost to Nadal in Rome, won in Madrid. Struff has beaten Shapovalov, um, Albo and, and Koric on his way. Uh, you know, do you, see him, do you see him getting any further? Djokovic. Uh, Struff. No, I, no I, I can't see him getting past you're, Djokovic. You're calling a line there. And then the other one that I wanted to bring up... Which hopefully is going to be televised in a minute. Yeah, yeah. well, if we can flick between the two, that'd be good. Um, is 
your man Benoit, crush. Your man crush. versus Nishikori. So I watched this live um, in the Chateau Stadium last year. My fiance um, Alison and I cycled. Um, from London to Paris, from our tennis club Ealing, um, all the way to Roland Garros for for the mat, uh, for the tournaments, and we had the most fantastic day on Chach- on Chateauet, including Benoit Paire versus Nishikori. I watched the match expecting to find myself supporting uh, Nishikori. He's the bigger name. You know, I, I enjoy his tennis that I've seen live on on the television. Benoit Paire is honestly one of the most entertaining tennis players to watch live. You're watching a baseline grind at the French Open, you know what you're expecting, and then all of a sudden, drop shot comes out, uh, all of this stuff between the legs comes out. He is, he has such a variety of shots, he's bold enough to play them. He's 30 years old now, and you know he's not going to get much better in terms of his play. But oh boy, if he is on his game, he is one of the most sensational things to watch. One of the I've been watching tennis for twenty years live. I think my mum took me to my first ever uh, kind of professional tennis match when I was about ten, and he is genuinely one of the most entertaining players I've ever seen. And I and I, I, I urge think- you all to tune in, you know, to 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 keep track of this guy Benoit Pair. Honestly. Well, I think he's, he's, he's also well liked, and he's a he's a lovable character on court. You can't help but root for him. I mean, we we're lucky enough to have a fairly sizable French community at Ealing Tennis Club. You know, we have French nights, and there there must be you know fifty fifty odd people uh, who who are kind of of French uh, speaking origin within the club. And I chat to them about Benoit Pair, and they are slightly frustrated with him because so much talent gone to waste but he is kind of in that Gaël Monfils songer to a lesser extent kind of tradition of champagne champagne tennis like I will play my best tennis that I possibly can and I hope that it beats you and I hope it's my day and genuinely he's one of the most unbelievable players I've ever seen live so good so entertaining so much variety he is not a bad person to look at for two or three hours either. <laughs> I know, I know, I'm slightly obsessed by this thing, but compared to Nishikori, certainly, and you know, Nishikori's there just grinding away from ten feet behind the baseline, hitting big topspin, but nothing else. No interest in doing any variety, no change-ups, no, no nothing. And you know, for me, I started the match watching Nishikori, and I think after about game four, I changed wholeheartedly and was. A lay, a lay benoit. And it's, and it's been a love affair ever since. Well, one way, but... Uh, <laughs> but, 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 yeah, no, I'm a big fan. So... But yeah, I think, I think that's, that's... Well, given, good, given that they're about to start up. and we, we're, about to, <laughs> we're about to settle in for another bottle of wine watching that, I think it's probably time to leave, isn't it? I think that probably is time to leave. So, um, again, thank you so much for listening. Um, again, do get in touch with your views and opinions, your predictions... Um, at the Grand Slam Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and drop us an email at the Grand Slam Pod at gmail.com. We, we genuinely would love to hear from you. Um, and it's been a fun episode to record and, and, and watch the tennis this evening. And we'll Let, be let's back. know if it worked for you, if it was annoying well, or Well, we've, we've enjoyed it. We certainly have. <laughs> I mean, the wine's um, excellent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we'll be back next Sunday. 
um, after the oh, French Open final. Don't expect a lot. Um, yeah, I will make. The, there's one uh, sort of asterisk to mention, and that next weekend is Ricky's stag, and we're going to be recording post stag. Bachelor, post, bachelor post, party, if you're. Or bachelor uh, party. Yeah. Post, post French Open, reviewing the tournament and, and who's won and what's happened in week two. Um, but we might be a bit sluggish. Um, but. Thanks again for listening uh, to the Grand Slam Tennis Podcast. Mm-hmm.